Hey everyone, this is Alaska. We just wanted to thank everybody that's been listening. Uh, we charted for the first time last week, which was a pretty big deal for us. Uh, please continue to support. Uh, if you do listen and you like it, please subscribe. Be sure to uh, rate and leave a comment. It really helps us out. And uh, we appreciate your support and your ears. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Call Out Culture. Your hosts, Alaska, Zillarocco, and Kelly Castro, today discuss albums that were great disappointments and questionable classics. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Call Out Culture. You notice today I didn't just say hello, America, because I've been checking our stats and we've got international listeners. Woo, so we are now international hove. Um, so my name is Alaska. I'm here with Zilla Rocca and Curly Castro. Mm-hmm. Yo. Mm-hmm. To all my international honeys, what up, though? Yeah. Tonight we're going to talk about a couple kind of records. The first record being a record that we bought with high expectations that just completely pissed us off. The second is going to be a record that most people consider a classic that we find underwhelming, if I'm being kind. Whack as fuck, if I'm being real. So that's more like you. Yes, that's more like you to say that. There you go. Let's start off with the first topic. The first topic is an album that came out that you had high expectations for. And when you finally got it, you were just so disappointed in it that it, you know, caused some sort of a reaction with you. Um, and, you know, who wants to start? Zilly, you want to go first? Curly, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go. I'll jump right in. All right. So I have, I have, two that came to mind and they both elicited the exact same response but in different parts of the country <laughs> which is always fantastic so the first one was we were we were on we were in we were in LA on tour and we hit Amoeba Records the massive giant you know record store which is the dopest ever and i saw this cd for 2 dollars and i was like i have to get it I, I I didn't get it when it came out in the late '90s. It was a dude I was always checking for, always liked him, and I remember like his album got maybe, maybe three mics in the source. And back then, to me, I'm like, I'm not spending any money if you get less than three and a half mics. You're just dead. You're just cooked. Oh, you had a line in the sand. Because oh, back then you're putting your money up. I was like, yo, if it, if it's three mics, that's a no go. Oh, I'll, I'll just check the singles and keep it moving. You know what I mean? Um, this gentleman went by the name of Sauce Money. Ooh. And the album was called Middle Middle Finger You. Middle Finger You to the consumers. Because it was to the consumers. Correct. To my face. Right to my face, he did that. So at the time, back, well, in the late 90s, he was popping, mid to late 90s, he had everything you needed. He was on Reasonable Doubt. He had the Flame Verses on there. He was on Reservoir Dogs off of a Hard Knock Life album, which is massive. He had like one of the best verses people quoted. He had the, the Clue mixtapes popping off, the features. He wrote uh, Puffy, I'll Be Missing You. He, he was a ghostwriter. He had everything. And I remember like his album was like kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And he had a single called Middle Finger You. And, uh, and I was like, all right, I was on mixtapes and I was digging it. And I remember when it came out, it was like a whimper. Like, there was not a lot of press. There was no follow-up videos. It was never on radio. And it got the three mics. And I was like, all right, this can't be good. See, what happened was, What's up? as he started getting more and more popular, 
he started tightening up his do-rag more and more. So he cut the <laughs> circulation off to his brain that were giving him those lyrics. So mm. as it, as he kept going, he didn't know what was happening. You know what I'm saying? He just, to him, it's like he just replacing his sleeping. Every feature, oh, I'm, I'm lacing him up again. Little did he mm. know, he's cutting off the blood flow. He was. He really was. And and by the time so by the time I bought the album, it was like two thousand ten, something like that, when we were in LA. Yeah, ten years past. So, so, that was so like 10 easily years ten years had passed. And I, yeah. I saw it for two dollars. So you think it is gold in the sand. You think it is gold yeah, in the sand. I'm like, oh <laughs> man, you know what? I'm thinking worst case scenario, there's like four joints I could rock with off this CD. Son, I put that in and it didn't last more than one play. I threw it out the window in the rental car in LA. I just wow. chucked it. And, wow. it's, and it was a sunk cost. And I was like, how can this not even... Be worth the $2. Yeah, like, like it's not even worth eight quarters ten years later. And so I'm Not even the novelty it. of having like exactly. Rockefeller collection. Like I got all the... Not yeah. Uh, like, oh, yeah, I got a quick story. Uh, like, so I was in, a, I used to work in these libraries. And my mom would always rave about, oh, you can find everything you watch. And I was a big movie buyer. I bought a lot of bootleg tapes. I bought a lot of CDs. My mom always was trying to get me to just go to the library and have the same stuff. As we all know, that the library is like three years behind. It's worse than, a, um, you know, a fourth world nation or whatever like that. So I remember one time working at this one library. And see, I swear to you not, I bumped into a million record. With the, oh. with the library alarm code thing on and everything. And you forget that she even dropped the solo record. Oh and man, God. I listened. And I had time. I listened to the whole thing. So that, uh, you know, we'll, so I want to see. But she had joints. She had like posse cuts, I feel like. She had pop joints and she had joints. But it was like. like with bleak and, and all the that. features with hype. But it's the, her yeah. voice after about six songs. It just starts wearing thin again. She's doing like three verse joints. You know, with that whispery voice, and it just yeah, wasn't going yeah. to laugh. But yeah, I, I, this is reminding me of me finding a million solo record in the library. Well, that's the irony, is like Sauce Money had everything you would want. He had primo joints in the past mm -hmm. on uh, the Soul and the Whole soundtrack. He had a song called Against the Grain, produced by Premier, which is crazy. He had the face off song with Jay, This Goes Out to My Brooklyn Crew, but from uh, Streets is Watching. Crazy. He, like I said, he was on Hard Knock Life album, like six platinum, crazy. He's yeah. on the Puffy album, right in the. Song He's all movie. over the streets, is watching video and promo. All That's over that, like, and so, but like he, like I think we've said it on on past episodes, like rap is really all about momentum, and so when he had all the momentum, his album came out like a year after he was super cracking. Mm -hmm. Remind me, was the artwork like cheap and it was just green? Was the was yeah, it was like green. Yeah, yeah, it was like bizarre. And yeah. so the irony is like, wasn't the cover just a picture of him with like a backwards baseball hat? Yeah, yeah but did it, did it have like a little caricature with the, with the money sign or something? Or am I making? That yeah, it was up? something like that. I forget. And then, but all I remember too was playing it. It was like that weird late '90s East Coast era. It was like the it was like the post Rough Riders pre blueprint sound when everybody was like trying to play four notes on a triton okay but like we're new york dudes but we don't sample anymore because we make so much more money like keeping all the publishing like all the money yeah yeah so it's like he's not even getting like 
premiere on the album. Like, you don't even have, like, the two premiere songs. How, how are the bars, though? I couldn't even deal with them. Like, because they were, great. like, he was, like, he, you know, like, like uh, uh, he was, like, that kind of rapper where, like, you only needed, like, the feature from him. Like, him holding down the whole three verses per song, every single song. And and you know what, guys? I know we're going to probably, I don't know what your pick is yet, Alaska, but I feel like sometimes that aging of this fucking three-verse song and you're rapping so long, like, songs have gotten, you know, um, historically shorter, you know, back in the day. Right. You know, white lines, you know, uh, to the hip-hop, six, seven-minute songs, but that was the filler record. So they've gotten shorter, but I feel like the 90s, where a lot of these records we're talking about might come from, there was this obsession with these longer songs. Yeah, 48 bars. To fill up a CD for the 70 minutes. Like, I got to get to that 70. Like, what is right. going on? And shit like that. Oh, he did I mean? that. Sauce Money filled up the 70. <laughs> and it was like, the beats, I was like, bro. And because I remember like his, the first single was like, it was kind of decent. It got like a like mixtape burn. The video got like a little bit of play. I think the video, I think the song was called Middle Finger You. That was the single. Okay, so the title track. Like, Jay wasn't really on the album. Like, Rockefeller, and he, and he wasn't on Rockefeller. That was the weirdest part. What, what did it come out on? What did it come out It was, like, on, like, Capitol, or I don't know. Oh, how did he get that fucking deal? I don't know. Like, he just, but he, he didn't even, like, cash in, like the, like, like, the goodwill with Puffy or Jay. Like, the album is, like, this weird hodgepodge of, like, whatever was I, popping. I like, think the there was some songs cut. I think there was some songs. Somebody else took some of his songs. Somebody else took the hit song. This this could be the start of that. Puffy coming in. Oh, give me that. He was a oh. ghostwriter, right? Right. Yes, but not a lot. Not a lot. Like he he did some a couple of good. Well, he songs. he did like after that album, he became basically a full time ghostwriter. But before that, he did the one Puffy joint, and he did like one other. So it wasn't like prominent. But he would just do it here and there. He was still saving up, I guess, his joints for himself. Yeah, but I kind of feel like if if your boys aren't going to sign you, that's already mm. a bad sign, right? But that could be a matter of perspective, right? Like, they could look at you as whoever. Like, it took Kanye a long time to bust through in terms of people taking him seriously. It takes my friends a long sure. time well, to take well, me I mean, seriously. But the, the thing with Rockefeller was, like, historically, like, they, they weren't, like, they weren't on some, like, yo, you're my man. We, we got to put paperwork on you. They were like, yo, go get the, go get the best situation for you. Like, those dudes okay. were never, like, locking you down. They were the anti-Rizza and Divine from the Wu documentary. They were not doing that to you. Check this other anti. Was there a thing with Rockefeller, and help me out, y'all, other than Beanie Siegel and Cameron, which is more Dane Dash, was there an effort to, hey, we'll get MCs, but they'll be a little less than Jack. Nobody's really going to be, like, toe-to-toe. You think that was deliberate? Cam, Cam was big. But that's what that, but that's Dame Dash involved. And that's not, you know, Jay. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that came up under Jay was just a little, you know, less than him. Who else did Rockefeller have outside of Jay, really? They had a lot of guys. They had a lot of guys. They, they had, had a Bleak, lot of right? And they tried with Bleak. And Bleak was nice. Bleak was, Bleak cool. was nice. Petey Crack, Beanie Siegel, the youngster. But um, they all came afterwards, though, right? Like, Beanie, was Beanie Dame Dash or was Beanie Jay? That was Jay. Beanie was Jay. Okay. Jay is like Philly. That was Jay coming through, swinging through. But then, but then, like, um, uh, field mob, like, even trying to Christ John, uh, the other guys they had, oh, Christ John was singing. Uh, to me, I just, they, you know, remember when they used to have the fold out they after, like, the ranges? Yeah. Remember the fold out after, like, Rock Lock Familiar and, and every right label would have but see, 20 so artists? Is like that. He would have been perfect for them to get their hands on. Was he on Rock Lock Familiar? Nah. I, don't, I think he was gone by then. I think he was gone. 
he was on Reasonable Doubt, then he was on Streets is Watch, and he was on Volume Two. Yeah, you know it's I mean? not yeah, but it's just, it's just anyway. So I, I literally was so dejected, and like I was even mad, being like, I can't believe this isn't even worth two dollars, and I threw it out the window in L.A. And so, like years later, I tweeted about that, and he like searched his name and responded to me, being like, "Damn, bro!" Like he was like, "LOLing me," but like, I said I told the story on Twitter to somebody saying like I threw it out the window, and he like I didn't at him, but he searched himself and like responded to me, and I was just like, I was like, "Yo, man, nothing personal, but like you really you really kill me with that out, dude." I told him I was like, "I I just kind of wish you had a couple more free phone joints, and I would I would have kept it." Alaska, in hindsight, he used to love this guy. Now, me and Zilla didn't know each other. He would love this guy. I love sauce I money. Fighting Zilla in the streets for this sauce money fucking pageantry. I, I mean, because look, my thing with Jay, I was really big. And I sent him my shit on Serpent Out. So it was like volume three, the streets is watching the production. So I know that those out, those songs were on volume one and shit like that, but, but the production. Of putting streets of watching together with the videos, him in front of Marcy and then yeah, I was all about that. So he's on that. So I start getting high hopes. I mean, it's the same way you used to feel about and nobody fucking lie when Hitman came at the end of a Dr. Dre song. Hitman. Hitman. Like, who's this guy? You know what I'm saying? But like for me, like I knew the real, like nocturnal. That was my motherfucker. I went all in with him. He let me down too. Um, yeah, with the voice. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they set it up for these guys. That's how I think the disappointment comes up. So we have this expectation. And then we start rhyming and, you know, the expectation is like, yo, you got, you got to do at least as good as I can. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know, man. Like, I think things are set up for these guys and they just go up to the plate and strike out three hard swings. Whip, whip, whip. Set them down. But do you think that maybe they shine because they're brought in on guest appearances, but they don't really have any sort of... Zilla says that all the time. They don't have any vision to like make a record. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to spit bars. But then you're around a million people that can craft a record. Well, you think Jermaine Dupree True. came up with his record or he had 15 people tell him, like, do this, do that, do that. That's all I mean. Does Sauce Money necessarily have that? Or is Sauce Money maybe in, I don't know the man, so like saying this is... You know, completely speculative, but maybe he's just an asshole and doesn't take anybody else's input. Like, I mean, we all know dudes like that that are just like, I know everything. I'm the best. Like, you can't tell me shit. Even like, I could have the wackest bars, and you, you're, you know, everybody tells me that, and I'm like, you're just hating. A mobility. This was the conversation. I don't give a fuck what he said. Right. This is the conversation. People are like, yo, man, nah, dog. Like, save this do an EP. And he's like, nah, man. I'm like, why? You know, definitely a mobility. This is the mobility thing. Well, and well, and here's the irony. Here's the irony, and and and, and I I could talk about a mobile irony every episode. I rebought that for two dollars <laughs> ten years ago, but there's like three or four joints that are actually good, while eight eighteen songs are horrendous, right? But the the production, which is so bad on the Ray album, is like par for the course on the Sauce Money album. It's the same horrible era where like these dudes are doing like knockoff like Swiss beats. You're giving these guys a shot? After the fifth joint, you should know your man don't got it. You've been listening to heavy hitters. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like they're basically the same album. Immobilarity and, and Sauce Money album are basically the same, except Immobilarity has, like, sneakers with P-Rock. It's got Live from New York. It's mm-hmm. got the song the, the Table, which is dope. Live, 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 live from New York. It's got three songs that are, like, really good. 
Sauce Money album had zero songs that were good. It was amazing, like zero. That's incredible. Zero. That's like getting a zero on a test. You have to work <laughs> hard to get a zero on a test. test. You have to like do something because you have to answer things wrong. Because I got a zero on a French test. <laughs> zero. Pissed at me, man. I, yo, French, you can fuck up, man. You could, it's like an Amos conjugate and it's like an iron. But just like the law averages, like how can you go zero for seventeen? Like son, I flipped the whole. I flipped the whole conjugation and, re, and made one word this and, the, and it, that was three sections wrong. That's pretty. I only had one section to get some points. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so, yeah. But you have to do work. Trust me, I know. To get a zero, you have to actually work to get the zero. Like accidentally, you could trip a little bit. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna. I yeah, have my but, my other one, which is the same. I hold it off till when we wrap up this segment. I'll, all right. So I want I want to hear everybody. I'll ask you. Go, man. I got mine last. I'm ready. Right, I'm my right. cracking. I mean, th- this did actually make me reconsider my my decision because we dis- discussed the mobilarity again, but I kind of feel like we kind of gave a mobilarity to do last week. So I'm going to go with a record that I had waited for for like a year and a oh, half. Oh, I can't stand that, right? You just itching, you're looking for every little scrap. And, and it just kept getting pushed back. And it was it was like before I knew like where to get the source and before, you know, like I really understood how release dates worked. But I would go to, I'd go to the Wiz on Central Avenue in Yonkers every single Tuesday. Did the new Grand Pooba record come out? Ooh. Did the new Grand Pooba record come out? The first, you know, Grand Pooba's going solo. For me, Grand Pooba was the star brand Nubian. I was like, that motherfucker is the dopest. And I was like, he dropped the, um, what well, comes around, goes back around again. I was like, oh my God, it's going to be awesome. Every week for like a year and a half, going to every single record store. What's up with the Grand Pooba record? It's supposed to come out. I haven't heard anything. I finally get that record. I put it on. We talking about 2000 BC? No, no, I'm talking about his first record, 360. Oh, 360. Okay, okay. I'm I'm misquoting it. 2000 something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a 360 record. Um, so I put it on. I get the tape because it was that long ago. Get the tape. Put it on in my car. I'm driving home. It's like, fuck. This shit is so goddamn boring. This is worse than the MC Search solo record. Oh, how many songs in did you know was lost? Um, probably five. Probably about five. I was just like, this does not seem like it's getting any better. And it was just like, it was just like, damn, like, you were the best. What happened to you? The next record was a lot better. People don't know. Uh, yo, it pissed me off. I've never listened to Grand Poopa again after that. Oh, the next joint with the um. I heard that, but I I cannot get past that. Like I've tried. Well, did you get back into like, um, brand new being um one for all or not when they came back? Yeah, around? No, I can still listen to brand new. I like brand new being foundation. I like all that, but I'm not giving. I'm not listening to any Grand Poopa solo shit. Oh man. And I I think it's just I don't think he could carry a record. Like that's the lesson. He can't carry a record. Well, I think if you watch, so check this out. I watched the documentary. Okay. On on brand new, really short one, maybe like 30, 40 minutes. And they ran through their stuff, and I forgot that they started so early. And from what you're representing, people forget they started like in the 80s. But they, but they, they started as it was Pooba solo. Right. And then they were like his right. homies, and he was like kind of working with them. And he was like, oh, well, we, I could just make them a group real quick. And then that'll, I'll be the star of the right. quote unquote group. So in the, in the documentary, they pointed to that, that he, you know, he was working with them, and they, they had a couple of hits. But, he always felt the pull that he wanted to do his own stuff. And you now getting with Brand Newbie kind of got in the way of that. So then he came with this record that, that um, 
the last is mentioned and it's all. I never heard that. Next I never record even is heard that joint. The next record is much better. The other ones you know the next record though. It was called 2000? Yeah, 2000. Or yeah, or something? yeah, yeah. With 2000 with that banging single on it. Yeah. The thing that really drove the stake through my heart was the fact that Brand Nubian's second record, the one without Pooba, classic. Yeah. What, what, what was that? Everything is everything? Everything is everything. It's in God We Trust, in I God think, we right? Trust, right. Is that that's punched jump up to get beat down? Yeah. And um and um, Allah you Akbar, uh, love me or leave me alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but see the thing was they had to do that one better, Lassie, because without Uber holding up the lyrics, like Sadat and um and um Sadat leveled up. Sadat jumped and no, um Lil Jamar jumped up too. Because he was his voice changed a bit and he changed his style. He was going way not way, like he was doing five percent stuff way early. He always was, but like he started getting sharper. Didn't yeah. Sincere do all the production on that? Um, no, DJ Alamo. Was it Alamo? Alamo. Did, Alamo. Oh God, did, he, did he do beats? Yeah, Alamo came up. Did he do the beats, though? Yeah, Alamo was very much in the production, I got, I, from what I remember. Because when he came back around, that's when the sound started getting back. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because he wasn't, he wasn't always with them. I think the other guy you mentioned. Right, we can look it up, though. But, but the um, irony is, like, Pooba was like that dude, though, with Mary J. Blige and... Tommy Hilfiger shit. Yeah, he had it. Was it. Swagged he swagged out. He could have been Nas, y'all. He could have been Nas. He, no, he to me he was like a hybrid of like 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 a Lord Finesse like punchline dude. Okay. And then like the but he could like mainstream. The, he yes, could mainstream. You're right. He right been, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like more than he could have been Jay Z. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because he could he could fit in them spaces. He had the smoothness. He could be on the R and B tracks. He was pretty commercial. Yep. Yep. Oh, he was killing on that shit. He was dope. That's a good one, dude. I would have never thought about that. Salute, salute, Grand Poop. That was a good poop. That, that cool. one killed me. <laughs> real, real quick, before we get to cash rows, this is going to be amazing. I know this story. But when you said like that, the year of like going to the record store and asking, like I remember doing that for like Takao 2000. I remember doing that for like Dex album. Like the internet with the exception of like, you know, people that jerk us around like Jay Electronica who, who actually doesn't need to drop an album. Like the internet robbed us of anticipation. There is no anticipation. It's like, oh, you hear about an album. It, it, it will be out that day. Rest assured. It will be out. If there is an ounce, it will be out. Or you don't know. And then you wake up like, oh my God, it's out today. Whoa, surprise. But I have two, I have two stories. One is heartbreaking. The other one is glorious. All right, go for so it. So I used to be on that hunt for, um, so at the same time, I don't know. Um, um, you can help me out with this the last with the time. Camp Low started sprinkling their single around the same time. World Renown started getting busy, mm-hmm. and and World Renown had the banging video though, right? Yes. See, if you knew me back then, thank you, Leslie. I would have been talk every day. I would have got on your nerves. Oh man, I got. I can't wait to this World Renown drop. I can't wait. And they did the same thing with me, Alaska. They dragged me for two years off the two singles. And I just found them on some old school 90, mid 90s uh, hip hop mix, and they never dropped. But Camp Low dropped this. The, the, um, see, I think Lucini was like second. I feel like they dropped something yeah, first. They, they oh, Coolie Hot. It was on, yeah, it was on the, it was on the Great White Hype soundtrack and all that. Yeah. And it was out for a minute by itself. Nothing else. You didn't have no information about these two kids. I don't even remember what they looked like. You know, cause it was, like you said, it was on the soundtrack. Right? And then Lucini dropped. And then Uptown Saturday Night Drop. And I don't know if they were caught in label hell or whatever, but that was glory. So I had those two moments of being dragged along because I was one of them kids. Like, you know, 
you get your information how you get it. So you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You just ask and then you see another date in the magazine. I hate that. I hate it when I seen another ad and they had another date. And I was like, oh, man. And remember back then, they never moved the date up like they do these days. So, or even worse, you would, you would go into the record store and they would have like the, the chalkboard behind the counter. Oh, yes. With all the release change. dates. Yes. Yes. And then you go in, and then the day you go in to get the record that's supposed to come out, it's not on the board. Oh, it's or it's moved to like two weeks later. Yes, no, the only guy I ever seen moved up every time was Eminem. They would always move his oh, albums really? up. Like, and this is what like when release date was Tuesday, they would they would move his up to the Friday before. Like they was they should do well, that. Well, that's you know, it's, that's money in the bank. That's the lines out the store, weirdo shit. You know, that's money in the bank. So, all right, Castro, come on. Do it. You've been dying to tell the oh, story to people. Man. Do it. Oh, man. Alaska, you ready? You ready? I'm okay. ready. Okay. Picture it. Sicily. 1997. I teleport from Sicily to New York. I am Brooklyn bred and born. Listeners, I want y'all to know that Brooklyn is in my skin. Brooklyn Bridge is my spine. Oh, I am the biggest uh, boot camp clip fan you could believe. The momentum that they built up, starting with Black Moon, and there was no, like, they had features, but just like back then, you didn't know if these guys were full-fledged artists. They could have been homies, you know what I'm saying, the cast just rapping, ciphers, like, yo, when you get on, please give me on one song. But, but Bouquet would show you Smith & Wesson, right? All right. Then Smith & Wesson drops. Bucktown. Oh, my God. My mom, this is one of my first CDs the last one. First CD nice. compact discs that my mom ever bought me. I had um, my friends bought me uh, Midnight Marauders for my birthday, and my mom came in with the shine. My nice. thank you, mom. Right? Oh my God, this is like mine to me, like from the sky. They're talking my Brooklyn slang. I'm also part Caribbean. They splashing in that. Oh, but then here's more guys. Oh, the Skelter and OGC, who wasn't really OGC just yet. Just more guys they bringing in and stuff like that. So it was a good tier system, right? Every album introduced another cat, another cat. I have a big posse cut. Boom. Fucking Helter Skelter drops. Come on. What are y'all doing to me, man? OGC drops, right? They're whispers of the representatives, which were um, relative. And the Fab Five album. Remember they were talking about doing a Fab Five album? And the Fab Five album with OGC and, and Helter Skelter combined with Le Fleur, Le Chanel, Bang and Video. I always mispronounce it, but they know what it is. And here we go. But before that, Let's do a compilation. Compilations have had varying successes, you know, whatever. Rough Riders would drop a lot of banging ones, right? This might be a little bit before Rough Riders. But, you know, a compilation would be like, all right, bomb, give me all the, you know, new songs. Because compilations always would um, have some newer songs that you might not find anywhere else and maybe a feature you might not find. Yep. Who Can't Click comes with this record. It's called Poor. <laughs> if, if, our, if our listeners want to find it, it's now called Still for the People because they re-released it in 2007. I just want to start, y'all, by saying this. And, the, and, and this is the time when you have the 24-track records, 23 tracks, right? This record was 14 tracks. And still, it clocked in at an hour and seven <laughs> minutes. Oh it has nine songs, minutes. five minutes or more. Mm. Nine songs. What was going? There's a song with instrumental break. There's a gospel song at the end. And here's the caveat. So I mentioned all of these albums to lead to this to show y'all how deeply entrenched I was into the boot 
can't click sound, right? Beat miners. Mr. Wall, Evil D. They're crafting the sound. They're doing all the beat. If anything, it was maybe one thing, one splash here, but they're doing all the beat, right? I would, I mean, for people that don't know, I would say they were close to the level that Wu-Tang was. They, yes, Indeed. They, they were like the... Tell the people, like, y'all. Like, like, the, like I, I, I've said it on, on like when I, when I wrote about uh, Wu for like Passion Noise at some point. Like, what RZA and, and Beat Miners did was create a mood. So yes. you can make New York beats, you can make East Coast beats, but like what those dudes did is like their shit is a difference between like a Styles P album and a Ka album. So like right. Styles P and Ka, Ka talk about the same type of shit, but right. Ka's shit is like haunting. It's deliberate. It's mood. eerie. It's got like sounds you don't typically hear, even though the content isn't that far removed from a Styles P record. So like beat miners. When you when you get those first wave of albums, you're getting that mood, which is like smoked out, kind of scary. And everybody wanted their sound back then. Nobody wanted to sound like the Rockefeller sound. You wanted to have your imprint. It was important to get a logo. They had the Duck Down Man, Target. They started branding themselves, right? Mm-hmm. The Bullet, right? Yeah. My Lord, y'all. So let's just start with this. Well, I already started with other things, but let's continue with this. They decide that we're not using the beat miners at all. We're going to use live instrumentation. Mm, great idea. This is a good look. This is a really good look. The whole album <laughs> is live instrument, something that they didn't even do on their other records. Maybe a session player would come in and add a bass line to some famous bass lines they have. Maybe that happened. I got to look on the online. I have, I have theories. I have theories. Go on. But so, my one, it was probably some money. Right? Because also at this time, let's also talk about this, Zilla. This is when the Coco Brothers changed their name. So this is also the era of the lawsuits. So they're getting lawsuits. But let me tell you what else they fucking did. They also hired somebody in high school to start designing their CD oh, covers. the ugliest right. designs in the world. Coco Brothers cover was a hot chocolate cup with girls <laughs> in it. Oh my God, man. For the people, though. So, but for the people, Tricked you because it's dog tags and uh, military writing. That's their thing, you know. That's boot camp clip right. So it it didn't go against type. So you thought, all right, whatever. But then you looked at the insert and you opened it up and mm-hmm. you saw something was amiss, right? Now, mind you, <laughs> it was the indicator, bro. It was the indicator. But the insert, a couple of pages were already spoken for a subscription, then the advertisements for other records. So they're getting away with shit. And you know me, I don't like anybody trying to get away with shit on me. So I'm listening to this in my fucking dorm room. It's the summertime. And um, summertime, again, always goes in my stories when I'm in college because, you know, now the 90s were a weird time for me, y'all, because ha- I spent half the 90s in high school, half the 90s in college, right? So I'm in the dorm room, summertime, it's less students there. I don't know why all my stories involve them. I'm listening to this by myself. I'm in my room. I get to maybe the fifth song. I start realizing, just like Alaska did, this album is not turning the corner. And I didn't know about the change in production. I get, I run home, rip the cover off, and just throw it on. I'm reading the line notes thinking something else. Of course, Mr. Wall and Evil D's name is in there. I don't have to look, right? But I'm hearing these different sounds, and I'm like, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? Okay? They have a song called The Dugout. You know who's on that song? Louis, Louisville Slugger. 
L O U I S V I L L Louisville. No, this is not Hennyville yet. Don't jump the gun, see. He is not the Hennyville Guzzler just yet. He is still Louisville Slugger. Slugger. I, and look, I love these guys. Even if they hit a pod, they know this is all love and shit. But that was trash. I opened up my window, Alaska, and I flung that shit outside. I could have got written up by my RA. I flung it out my window. Never to look again. I kept the case, but I flung that damn CD out. And let me tell you something. I flung it to a remote area that was grass. It might have been like garden, but you know, whatever. It's uh, landscaping at a school. They don't do what they're supposed to. I went out there one time and the CD was still out there like a year later and I smashed it just so nobody else could pick it up and listen to it ever again. If anything survived that chunk that I threw it out the damn window. Still for the people, still for my ass. <laughs> you want to hear the irony? You want to hear the irony of this story? My, 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 my experience buying this album. I bought that album and Camp Lowe's album the same day. Oh, man. See? Guess which one I still Circles play. Did. Right. Circles. <laughs> Circles to this shit. Hip-hop, man. Like, you live and die by this shit, y'all. Like, guys letting us down with albums. You're so dejected. Like, I don't get, you don't get another shot for another two years if you what, fuck what, up each other. What was the line that um, Andre 3000 said on, um, uh, on Rosa Parks? He talks about, like, going to buy somebody's album it's like went, went out went out and bought it thought because i thought it will be jamming but examine all the flaws get lost it so, what's that line and i said basically being like my favorite group fell off and i don't want us to fall off my group they ain't, ain't coming with you know, it you're kind of sour and what's that sour kind of sour because my favorite group ain't coming with it they're probably going through but anyway but anyhow went in that went on that and bought it because i thought it will be jamming <laughs> but examine all the flaws yeah Woods has a line that says you run out of steam on your second project on um on hiding places or something like that, or you run out of breath on your second project. Quality, but um quality. Sorry. Well, uh, here's here's the last thing I'll say about the boot camp because I I think I still have that CD somewhere. Yeah, you need to burn it. But they had the one single "Night Riders" with a Leo. Awful song. And then there Awful. was like some issue they had where like they did something. She's not on the hook anymore. Right, but they, she was supposed to be in the video or something, and then she backed out because they did. There was like some stupid thing they did, and she didn't want to be associated with them anymore, so she shut them but down. They were notoriously shady business wise. Well, what are you talking about, yo? It's not yo. The, the girl that's on the song now is La Voice. Nah, like there, there's an original version you can get with Aaliyah doing. I know. It. I'm jo- I'm joking. I'm being. I'm joking. Her name is L A B O I C E, capital L, capital B, La Voice. Night. Riders. And they have Heads Already Part 2. Let me tell you, don't make a part two of a fucking song. And come on, man. But see, that's why I bought it. I bought it because I liked Heads Ain't Ready Part 2. So can we can we discuss the whole idea of part twos? Okay, I want to do that because Zilla, Zilla does really great part two. I just feel like once an artist, you, you notice how an artist drops a classic record, they drop like six shit records. Yeah. Oh, then they come back. And then they decide they're going to come back with part two. Cuban Links 2, Iron you Man mean the full 2. full album, Alaska, not like the second. Full album, not yeah, like yeah, the yeah. song part two. Not like Superman Love yeah. 2, 3. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Whereas, like, you know, you have shit like In My Lifetime, Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3. That's like, yeah, it's a trilogy, right. Or the Marshall Mathers LP 2. That one, too. Yeah. Or you got the Carter Volume 1, Volume 2. But those those are like, yeah, those those are like trilogies. I think volume works right. 
parts don't. Gotcha. Boom, that's a great like point. Part is the money grab. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Volumes are a continuation of the idea of new music, I guess. You know. It's, yeah, it's part of an expansive collection. Yes. Yeah. I'm with that. Mad Lib. It's leather bound. I'm going to throw in my, my last story real quick about throwing a CD real quick, and then, and then we'll wrap this joint up. This part. All right. The, the only time, so that happened with this My Sauce Money thing was early on, right? Then I, and this is like the era of downloading shit to your computer and burning the CDR and writing with the Sharpie, okay? So I did that with the Wale mixtape. And speaking of part twos, the, you nailed it. So Wale in like 08 put out the mixtape about nothing, which is still to this day a fucking great mixtape. No, it's not. <laughs> Let me tell you this, man. No, it's fucking not. You never no, it's even not. To I it. haven't heard it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Castro on this because I have heard Wale. First of all, it's our it's our idea. It's our idea. We should have done it. Should have been done by us. We would have done it, but much better. Came to the wax. Come to the wax. He would. I would have done it much better. Come to the wax. It's true, but he had a white manager that like put that all together for him to where Julia Louis Dreyfus is on the mixtape doing a, a voicemail. Um, whatever. So Wale, Wale is like, is he the first ever like black douchebag? Because like, were black dudes douchebags before Wale? He's a douchebag. Yeah. So like, there's there's like arrogant black guys that swear they get girls and don't get them at all, and they act like. Right, but he's like a douche. Well, cause cause see, the, the thing is, just like y'all did, <laughs> there's um there's, there's um there's character spots. So it is the jock and you know the queen or whatever like right. that, and there's always a douche or an asshole or. Oh, here he comes. You know what I'm saying? But he's still everybody's friend. Or he's one person's friend that's important to the circle. He's that person's friend. So he's around through the conduit of him. Yeah, there's plenty, plenty of douches. I mean, we probably use a different term. Well, yeah, he, to but, me, he um, was the first, like, black man I would qualify strictly as a douchebag. He, he's like an idiot. Like an idiot, like. Yeah, so the, the first, but this, he's, I had to give him credit. The mixtape about nothing is fucking dope. So I was like, all right, I had a very love-hate relationship with him early on where I'm like, he's a douchebag and whatever, but he has songs I think are fucking awesome and everybody's on his nuts and I was like, fine. So I was banging with that one. I was banging with the mixtape about nothing. Cool. Then he puts out like a thing called like Back to the Feature, which everybody did where they were all like playing off a of Back to the Future cover where it was like him and Ninth Wonder did like a mixtape. Oh, but wait, remember it was, um, remember it was Back to the Future Day? So it was like the actual date it's in the movie. I think yeah, but that, that was three years there. later. That that was, that was yeah, that was like oh okay okay yeah, okay. I thought it, I thought but anyway, every, for for like for like a, remember like in the early two thousand, everything was like retro eighties out. So yeah yeah, was, yeah 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 yeah. Like the same way now, everything's not everything's in a twenty year cycle. So anyway, yeah. he did a, he did a mixtape called Back to the Future with like Ninth Wonder, and it was like fucking corny as shit. So I was like, whatever, who cares? So then I think he did like his major label album, which bricked. Attention deficit, which is not attention good. deficit. Yeah, right. So then he here he goes again. He needs to get his buzz back up. What does he do? The mixtape about nothing, part two. Yeah. Now this one though was more um was more major labelish, right? Yes. Okay. So the first one is like the first one's conceptual as shit because he samples clips from the show and then ties it into songs that he had out or verses he had out. But then he does a whole song about like the Kramer situation. When you know when he, when he said all that racially crazy shit, he has like a really poignant, incredible song about like you know this is you know way pre-Trump. But anyway, so he had like all this really interesting shit going on on that mixtape. So by this point though, when he makes the mixtape about nothing part two, his album bricks. He's on Interscope. 
the buzz is fading, the shine's fading. He's like, oh, well, people love when I did that. But this time, he no longer has his white manager brokering things. So now it's not tied into anything. It's just a name of a mixtape. And there's no relation to Seinfeld. But he, do, he does have Jerry's involvement. So later on, later on, he, he made the album about nothing where Seinfeld popped up. There it is. Yes. There that was is. later, right. right? Because that, by that point. That's the like, only one Seinfeld's on? That's the, the only, only one Seinfeld's thing on. Seinfeld's ever acknowledged. But the mixtape about nothing, too, has nothing to do with Seinfeld. It has nothing to do with shit. It's just called that to, to build up the goodwill. So I'm driving, listening to it, and I'm driving on Kelly Drive in Philadelphia, which is a winding, tight, narrow road going around like hills and cemeteries and, and a giant river. And I'm driving to work, and I'm like six, seven, and I'm like, bro, this has nothing to do with fucking Seinfeld. Your album sucked. You're trying to trick me because you got no buzz. And I threw that bitch out the window, driving a treacherous area in, in Philly that people shouldn't be doing anything except focusing on driving. Into the skull kill, you go. And I never fuck with Wale a day again in my life since that, since that shit. Chuck that bitch out while driving. You shouldn't have fucked with him. I told your ass when you were telling me about that mixtape about bullshit and nothing and nothing about a mixtape. Fuck out of here. I give him credit, though. It was dope. It was dope. It, it, but, but, but that concept was sitting there for all of us. But all of us could have just did that, and he, he beat us to the punch. So I can't believe it. It was ours to do. But we we should have it. done it. You no know one, that. No one did it. So, so can, can I have can I have one more quick CD destruction story? Yes, please. So when we used to tour or go to like Scribble Jam and shit like that, it was like you know like basically hotbed for rappers. Every rapper in the world's got their CDR, their album, whatever it is, and they give it to you because you're on a label. So like, oh, check this out, check this out. So we would get like fifty CDs. Wow. No, I mean, it would be like, you know, we would fill up an empty CD box with CDs that we got from other people. Right. And then we would go to a roadside fireworks thing. <laughs> Y'all wouldn't listen to them? No, no, we would listen to them. Okay. And, you know, we would keep the ones that were dope. But the ones that weren't, <laughs> they would get blown up in rest stops. <laughs> That's a good look. Rap life. And, and it was like, you know, you had like 30 seconds to get Yeah. This. It was like, yeah, yeah, you'll get yeah. us, you're going. Uh, what's next up, Z? So now, yeah, now we're going to jump into albums that everybody says is a classic, but we're kind of like, meh, I don't know about all yeah. that. All right. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first real quick. I'll go first. You'll my, go first, all right. take long. All right. So I started thinking about this, and most albums that are classics, I either agree, or even if I don't, I'll be like, that's an important album. And I understand why. And it's just like, it's just before my time or it's, you know, like it's hard for me to sit down with an album made like in 1985 and be like, oh yeah, totally. You know what I mean? If I wasn't like experiencing it at the time. So, so I, I have like a very wide range of understanding and, 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 con and conceptualizing things for the context of like why this is quote unquote a classic. So it was hard for me to like, think about one. And the one I just shot up immediately in the midst of the thousands of albums, the thousands of rap you albums. Better not do it. The thousands of albums I listened to. Better not do it. This one. Don't do it. coming up, and I'm like, uh, to Pimp a Butterfly? Sorry. <laughs> oh, I said don't do it. I specifically said it about three times before you opened your mouth just now and did it. Continue. So, uh, all right. So, Kendrick. 
um, the ADHD project shit is fucking crazy. Section 80, it's got it's got some you know cornier songs in retrospect, but some songs that are slamming. And Good Kid, Mad City. I mean, I don't have vinyl. I'm gonna play that album forever. I love that shit. Damn, played the shit out of that at the gym. That shit is banging. His his almost all of his cameos from the joint with Pusha T and YG and all these schoolboy joints. I fuck with TDE all day, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I fuck with these mm-hmm. guys. I like Kendrick. I'm not like a Kendrick stan, but he's written some you know poignantly thoughtful songs and dope guest appearances and no more parties in LA verse and when I played to Pimp a Butterfly, it's like when guys did like that 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 like early to mid two thousands run when everyone was like like Common and CeeLo and Q Tip and Andre were like, Rap is boring. I don't want to rap no more. I'm an artiste. I'm gonna pick up a fucking saxophone. I'm gonna start taking vocal lessons. I'm gonna start fucking eating hash and like fucking listening to Pink Floyd. They were all were like Man, being a rapper is bullshit. I need to like expand, and it almost always was a bad idea. So to me, to pimp a butterfly is like the Kendrick album in the vein of like Q-Tip, Kamal the Abstract, Common. See, I wish we had a video cast because I need people to see my face. It's like his Electric Circus. It is not Electric Circus. To watch the mouth. <laughs> this is one of his best albums. All right. And I'm going to say this to the listeners, because me and Zia talked extensively about this album and some of my opinions about it. There's two things mainly about this album. It's very funk. And there's great songs on it. I'm not done. It's very funk, and it's very black. Can I add one more great point about it? What? It was much better when it was Equemini. Okay, go ahead. What the fuck is happening here? There is an outcast influence, and I agree with that, because even me and Zia were listening to it. We was like, oh, this outcast. This is Dungeon but it's his blackest album. By black, I mean... For sure. It definitely is. So, I think the thing about Pimple Butterfly is the sharp turn. Yeah. But it's the sharp turn from Good Kid, Mad City because everybody, you don't deny it, wanted him to make part one, part two, part three, part five of that. They wanted that that saga to continue. Yeah, and then he did with Yeah. And he he did, and and with Damn. He made that with Damn, and I was was right back on track with Damn. Damn is back. Damn is at the bottom. Damn, Damn is it's fucking slamming. That, no, it's not. It's not better than unreleased, unmixing. Oh, here we I go. I like that album a lot, actually. That's a good record. I don't, I don't think so. It's just, it's you don't just like very the un, self-indulgent. Unmixed, unmastered? It's just like nine-minute joints where I'm like, okay, the first three minutes is awesome. And- but see, I think you know that they're not finished. It would have been a great Q-Tip solo album. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, God. Come on, the abstract album. Wait, Z, but because you know they're unfinished, does that taint your opinion of those? It's just like noodling it's it's the worst impulses of tde with the six to seven minute songs i'm like you guys okay. need better editing because there's three there's like three <laughs> ideas happening here that are three separate songs or two on a song but one doesn't need to be you're talking you're talking oxymoron it's like yes and then absol did all that shit too he can do like i'm like bro wait did anybody listen to the new record yeah, the new the new school, school boy, boy yeah, I, I gotta go back into it I, there's there's joints i fuck with there's certain songs i've missed you listen to Alaska? No, I don't really fuck with it. that crew at all. Oh, okay. Well, oh, me okay. and Castro all all about TDE. So when when To Pimp a Butterfly, yeah. here's my thing. So I remember like it, it was like a surprise album. I thought the cover was dope. I thought the fucking I thought the name was dope because he it was like To Kill a Mockingbird. He, so he flipped it to. Right. To I'm like, all right, cool. 
and he had like Thundercat on there, and I was like, okay, I, I fuck all the music, yep. Kamasi, every everybody involved, yep. I fuck with. Great record. I fuck you, with everybody you, You're mentioning involved. all the greatness. He's got knowledge on there. The, 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 the song I like the most is with knowledge, Mama. That song's crazy. And the Blacker the Berry yep. is fucking amazing. Like, those are two yep. amazing songs. I'll give them that all day. But outside of that, I'm like, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I've tried. Like I can't, it, When we're old men, Z, I'm just gonna put it on when we're ninety, and you're gonna go, aha! But 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 is it good if I gotta wait another sixty years to catch a rap album? It's rap. I also think the funk in it because that was the first thing you like mentioned. King Kunta, like, talking about the record and not. But he ain't a funk not connecting. Rapper. You said the funk. He he's, he has. Here's my thing. Here's my here's my last thing on it. He has no personality. He's not he's not a larger than life guy to be on funk records. Like Danny Brown and shit. Or yeah, even I'm, like I mean, forty or like Mac Dre. Like he doesn't have the personality to be on function. Compensates by doing the the multiple voices to give all. I mean, I guess, but like he's a wise dude. Like um, Good Kid, Mad City. The reason that album was so popping is because his family DNA is on. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? So like, not like but the beats are. But what I'm saying, it's like putting Nas on like Neptune's beats. Like Nas is too. Smart, cerebral, interesting. Like Neptune's beats require a lot of charisma, you know, simplified flow, party shit. That's not Nas. Nas can't be on Neptune's beats. They're two great entities by themselves. You put Kendrick on like funk, bass, cookout shit, where it sounds like that from the beginning. I'm like, I don't go, like to me, he doesn't work on that shit. You know what I mean? And like I said, there's parts of the album that are still fucking great songs, but. I can't listen. I I've tried, bro. I keep going back to it. I'm like, is something wrong with me? Like, why do I not fuck with this shit? So, that's my man. That's it. I'm, I'm, you you can keep berating me. No, I'll, I'll save that for off air. This conversation will continue. So, just like our clock is. Mm. <laughs> what um, what you got, lad? So I, I've been really torn on this one because there's a lot. Um. And, and there's not even a lot like, you know, like sometimes I just like, there's not an album I dig, but I understand why people think it's a classic. There's like, I had like four legit records and one <laughs> of them ended up being the the project that I spoke about earlier. But like, I was thinking like Roscoe's Soul on Ice. Ooh. Oh, that was a good record. What you, what no, you mean? I was thinking about <laughs> The Soul Stakes wow. is High. Wow. What are you doing right now? Oh, but listen, I, I, you and I have talked. We've talked about why, why I feel the way I feel about stakes is high. Yes, yeah. But the Rascast, I came to Dayla for, for something special, and Dayla, while it would be a good record from anybody else, correct, it wasn't what I wanted from Dayla. Yeah, I know. Yes. But now, but the Rascast, that's that's something. Solo Nights, come on, man. Nature I mean, it has songs on it, but it's not a classic. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's many songs. Yo, yes, it is a classic. Both no, shut no, your it's mouth. Too long, Do it's not too infer. long. It's too wandering. There's too many times he comes off. Yo, there's so many banging joints. No, there's not so many. There's like four. <laughs> no, there's so many. So many. There's so many. First of all, I can go one to ten on that album right there. Realism. Come on, you better stop me while I get ahead, man. The only problem is the Diamond D Soul and Ice remix is not on it. Mm-hmm. That's the main. That's, that's the only Achilles mm-hmm. to it. That's the only so, Achilles. But either way, I didn't pick any of these. I went with something, I think, bigger. Okay. And it's, it's sort of like what people consider a transformative album for this artist. But I think the blueprint by Jay-Z. Oh, you son of a bitch. 
<laughs> so I told you this is wow. yours. I told you this is oh, yours. God. I told you this is no. yours. You Here, here's it. why. Here's why. I, I'm I'm a huge Jay Z fan, and I was, oh, I was a huge <laughs> yo, a huge Jay Z fan at this point, right? And that record is sandwiched in between four other records where Jay-Z goes the fuck off stylistically. Yeah, that ain't the point of Blueprint. Material-wise. Well, fuck Blueprint. I don't want, I don't want Jay-Z doing it's a like vibe. mad like bitch-ass vibe shit. I want him killing <laughs> Oh, You don't know? You don't know is fucking crazy. Okay, that's one song, but that shit is that shit's a medium album. Wow. That shit's that shit. If you want to talk about other, if you want to talk about other records being like common B, I'm not in reality right now. That's Jay Z being common, or Jay Z being quality. Wow. <laughs> never change. You don't fuck with never change. No, I don't I fuck with anything change. on that record. Wow. I, when I put together Jay Z mix, mixes, I go city? through that record. I'm like, do you, you want to put anything on here? Heart of the city. Each of the Izzo's kind of weak. Each of the Izzo's not a good song. I'm just saying you go for it because you're happy for hip hop. Like, come on. Yeah, man. but you could do that with I Just Want to Love You off of the Dynasty record, crazy. which is a thousand times better. But that's, that's crazy. That's a great, that shit is amazing. Billy O'Hook, yeah. that's just amazing. That's just amazing. And but I remember when saying, like, he came off of Volume 3, mm-hmm. Dynasty. Yep. Those two records yep. slam harder than anything on Blueprint. Well, here's and then he comes out with Blueprint Two, which was too too much. But the high points on Blueprint Two are way better than anything on Blueprint. And then he dropped the Black album. All right, all right. Let, let, that let album me... is not on par with any of those four albums. See, see you got it, man. All right, I don't know what here's, to say to brother. Here, all right. I, I feel you because listen, I'll be real. The, I'll be real. the introduction of Kanye. This is Kanye. Yeah. Okay. Presenting and just Blaze, bro. And just Blaze. Because all right, so here, I, here's what I'll say. Back then, and this, and this dropped fucking nine eleven. Okay, so and this. Oh, and, oh, sorry. One more thing. He also dropped the S. Doc Carter mix, which is fucking than yeah. That's like that. that, that's okay. next level. That's yeah. next level rhyming. But um, wait, yeah. ain't um fifty on that? Fifty on that? Nah. On the, nah, nah, nah. No, it's no. all Rockefeller. It's all rock. Okay, okay. Wait, wait. Yeah. Who's on there though? It's like Buster. He don't have no, no outside guy. Blueprint. The S. Doc. No, no. That's just it's him, just I him think. going in. He rhymes on fucking fifty beats. He rhymes on Joe Budden shit. He rhymes on flavor yeah, he in your stole ear. Joe, he stole Joe Budden's one song. Yeah, pump it up. He destroyed oh, I didn't, it. I, didn't, I, don't think, I don't think I'm familiar. Bro, you okay. never heard oh, of S. Not Carter? It had to go with the sneaker, yes. right? It had to go with the sneaker? Yeah. That will make you write an album in a week. That album, that mixtape is crazy. He is snapping on that shit. Um, all right, the blueprint. So here, I, I'll say this. Putting that shit out on 9-11, obviously that wasn't the plan for it to drop on a terrorist day. I don't know. Was J- was nine eleven a Jay Z job? Yeah, it was. It was a Rockefeller inside job. Um, <laughs> it was an inside job yeah, with the Rock. The rock yeah, they, they wanted that. They wanted brand awareness. So, at the time, <laughs> at the time, I was a super lyrical, self serious, backpacking ass dude in college, and jokes the fuck out. I was juxting every jokes like deaf jokes, Annie, all that shit, loving it. Well, also liking you know street rap, whatever. And at that point, I was like, man, this Jay shit is like, man, it's simple. His rhymes are like not really fucking popping like that. It's not hard hitting. It's kind of simple and basic, whatever, right? But I was like, but these beats are my shit. Okay, fine. But as years have gone by, and not even like recent, like maybe three, four years after the album came out, I was like, yo, this is some shit you could just vibe to, throw on, 
in the background. Have a good fucking time too. Renegade, oh, Renegade's fucking crazy. Never change is crazy. Heart of the city's crazy. You don't know is crazy. Girls, 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 fucking cool. Whatever. That's cool. But also, doesn't he? He has a song with uh, Beanie and Scarface on there too, right? Um, or am I thinking is that on the Dynasty album and then Beans album? He's, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, he he does the Roars Back intro where he takes the fucking Slick Rick shit. That's a little lazy, mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And then, he, but he's got the outro song. My mama loves me. That joint is crazy. Bink did the beat. That shit is hot. It's just he made he made the album in like three weeks, and he was banging out songs like he was making like and four shows, right? But I like that approach. I like the spontaneity of it because everything before that was like him being like, "What's popping? I'm gonna do that." So reasonable doubt is like, "Oh, mafioso raps popping? I make a mafioso album." Volume one. Oh, the bad boy shit's popping. I make a bad boy album. Oh, the Rough Riders sounds popping. Volume two. I make a Rough Riders type of album. He was always a trend hopper from the beginning. But he wasn't with Volume three and and Dynasty. <sighs> yeah, volume three was all rock. It was that was rock. That was rock. And mm, so was the Dynasty. Yeah, but no, but but Volume three has the Rock Wilder single because Rock Wilder was popping. But volume three has like premiere songs that only Jay-Z can do. Yeah, so ghettos. Timbo songs that only Jay-Z can do. Like it has so ghetto, it's got um Yeah, Timbaland songs that only Jay-Z can so tip, pick up tip. Big Pimp Big Pimpin is like his shit. Big Pimpin blew up. That's him. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm I'm bugging because I can't remember the name of the song, but he's like, I saw the same shit happen with Kane three cuts. Yeah, that, that, that's do it again. Throw your hands up. That's the that's the Rockwilder beat. That that's the Rockwilder shit. That's and he's it. dissing major figures on that shit. He's just, he's going at major figures. He's going at them, Amazing. which I'm with that. I'm, but I'm just saying, like, the blueprint. Now, the rumor is he heard Supreme Clientele, and that's why he made the blueprint. Yeah. Because he wanted to bring – Well, then he failed. But it wasn't about the rhyme. It was about the feeling – because Ghost was using all samples again. Wasn't blueprint first – I mean, it was Kanye and um, Just Blaze, but was that kind of the first attempt at, like, the Black album, like, perfect production? Because when he came out with the blueprint, it was different. Right, what he because no, he wasn't using samples that. anymore because nobody was. Yeah, oh yeah, So yeah, it was yeah. Bink, too. Bink, so see, Bink, Bink is the key to that Bink, shit. Bink don't get, yeah. Bink they, had like three joints on they, they tried to put make Bink the in-house guy and he turned them down. So then they just had Kanye and Just steal the Bink sound and make it the Kanye Just Rockefeller sound. Uh, but Bink's got the fucking... Bink was, a, Bink was more a bad boy, right? Nah, he was just by himself. He was in he was a Virginia cat. He's amazing. Bink is amazing. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But he, he, yeah, but he, he didn't roll with them, so then they just stole his whole shit and made it the quote-unquote Rockefeller sound, which is fucked up. But anyway, I'm just saying, like, Blueprint is not... Yeah, it's not on the level of, like, bombastity... And showstopper like charts smashes. It's just like him fucking hearing a beat and just going in real quick. And I, I like that shit about that. It's just like never changes crazy. But it's not a classic to me. All right, that's fair enough. You know what I'm saying? Like the. But that is like a worldwide. That's like accepted as his classic record. People are like, that's the Jay Z record. That's the one. Yeah. And to me, that almost goes back to our conversation of people who say, "I don't like hip hop, but I like this." Mm-hmm. That's his version. If you blindfold most people, they'll they'll pick blueprint out of a hat. Or reasonable doubt. It's either one. It's one or the other. Reasonable doubt or blueprint. Yeah. Then no one's gonna be like Kingdom Come is the best. No, no, no way. And I like some of Kingdom Come because I'm old man. But uh, that's horrible. That shit is horrible. If if Black Album did what it was supposed to do, remember that first list? Yep. 
that maybe that could have been definitive. But who knows what those songs are going to turn into? I think Dre was on the first Premier, list. Rick Rubin, Molly Ball. Yeah. Molly Ball was like on the first list, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not. I'm actually glad he didn't go with any of those guys on the blueprint. No, for Black Album. Black. I mean, no, no, no for Black, Black Album. Yeah, yeah. But the first list was real raw. It was like, to me, it was like Illmatic producers. That's what it looked like at first. And then they started scratching out names. Yeah. Anybody remember that? I remember that, yeah. It was a, it was a one page ad. Um, like Pete Rock, I think, was on the first list. The, yeah, it was definitely Drake. You know what I'm saying? It was some yeah. typical cat. It was like Diamond, Diamond D could have been on one. I don't remember. No, nah, it wasn't Diamond. No, nah, Diamond D was never on Jay's radar. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but I'm um, like ninth wasn't on the list. On the no, first he was not. He wasn't shit back then. He wasn't anybody. Right, he came in late. Yeah. All right, all right. Look, Castro, what, Castro, what is your fucking not classic, but it's a classic, and this is the worst answer of all time. Go ahead. You mean I don't even know what I'm gonna say? I know what you're gonna say. All right, I'm, I'm very upset. Now, ninth, now back again. Back. Picture this, Sicily, 1997. 97 was such a heartbreaking year. All right. You got what I mentioned earlier, that trash. And you got another piece of trash. And it's by Redman and it's called Muddy Boys. Oh my God. Yes. It's a piece of trash. Let me tell y'all a story. Once upon a time, Eric Sermon learned how to make a beat and started fucking destroying people's careers. Once upon a time. Every time Eric Sermon does something, he's a virus and it's airborne and there's no way to stop it. There's no antivirus. (laughs) He did like seven beats on that record. Um, uh, Redman produced about 10 to 15. No, no, excuse me. Eric Simon produced 11 beats on that record. Redman did about like another 10, and it's like a Rock Wilder, a couple of Rock Wilders on there, something like that. Now, don't get me wrong, because I'm not an idiot. There's some good songs on there that Eric Simon produced, Pick It Up, whatever, man, or whatever. But at this point, y'all, I'm so tired of the green eyed and I don't know what the fuck his name is. I couldn't stand hearing his sound. I couldn't stand this cosmic funk thing they were doing. They were sampling one song. But, but, it, but it wasn't his signature sound. It doesn't matter. He made a mistake. He, I didn't like him hitching his caboose with Eric Sermon. What are you, stupid? You're Redman. All right, by this time, Superman Love is in his third iteration. You have two classic albums before that. What the album and Derek talk about? What the fuck are you doing this shit for with his dumb ass? And let me tell y'all another thing. This is also when Keith Murray was starting to inch his way into being my favorite MC. It was a three-year stretch with Keith Murray was my favorite MC. Keith Murray, I've never Initials heard you say this in my entire life. I'm fascinated. Yep. I'm fascinated. Damon Initials is my real name. True. Nigma, True. the most beautifulest um, thing. I was all about Keith Murray. He was like me. You know, he reminded me of myself if I rap, and I didn't rap back then. So I just thought, like, you know, this, this would be me rapping or whatever. Hmm. He's on the record. On this, uh, man, man, come on. Come on, man. this song, Meth, is amazing. Do what you feel. That shit is crazy. Like, there's a mood to it, and it's this. But I was listening to it today, and I was like, I remember why I hated this. Why do you hate it? Everything is down tempo. Everything is like these herb tone boom, boom, boom. Get the fuck out of here. I don't care. Doc's the name is better. Malpractice is better. Doc's name got the the goodness on it. No, my sorry. Malpractice is bad. It's a bad album. Doc's the name as, um, Goodness on there, stop it! Like just stop I'll be it. that. Like, it's got I'll be that. I fuck with that joint. If, if you if you think hard enough, Muddy Waters is the precursor to this Gilla House stuff because it's trash. Wow, it's trash. this Sean P's favorite okay. album. I mean, rest in peace. But it's trash. Wow, 
it's trash. Wow. I always thought it was trash. <laughs> I remember people listening to it. I was like, you know what? This is trash. You don't like Smoke Buddha where he rhymes over fucking Mary Jane? Nope. Nope, because there's a four-minute skit before it about buying the weed. There's 18 yeah, skits but, but on it now. always did mad skits. He always did skits. It's enough. Come on. Not, not, not. This wasn't like, this wasn't the island skit that was banging and shit. This is not that. You know what I'm saying? This is whack. Wow. Wow. This is just, this is disturbing to me. So many, and I knew this was coming. And I'm, I'm, and I'm upset. I'm, I'm ladies, gentlemen, and listeners, that is my bitch. Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters will never redeem itself. I always wanted to make an album like that. To this day. You are insane. I'm not featuring on that, though. You might as well skip past me on that shit. <laughs> I, I have to say that I, I'm I'm proud of us. I agree with all three of these choices. Wow. You would agree with anything. <laughs> we would have brought Kanye West album up. You would have been like, yeah, that dude. No, uh, I, I think we throw the term classic around a little too loosely, man. You know what it's like, man? All right, let me ask you this. I got one for you. I got one for you. First three Ice Cube albums. First two and first EP. Which one is an EP? Kill It Will. Okay, but then so you don't you don't count um what a death certificate third one? No, I, I'm saying I'm saying uh, America's Most Wanted, Kill It Will, and Death Certificate. So lethal injection, that don't do it for you. Eh, it, it's like no. it's okay. But it, I was a little hypnotized by Q. The, so the I, lethal injection is like him trying to do the Dre shit. It's like him trying to do G Funk. Yeah. It's like not confrontational. You know what was. Real interesting about Cube that I had no idea, but um, do, do you guys see the Good Life documentary? No, I did. I did. I watched some of it. I might, I might not have so watched it. They're talking about one of the rappers. Shit, I think it might have been Volume um, Ten. Yeah, Volume Ten. How Ice Cube showed up at that at Good Life oh, and I think Volume I kinda... Ten rapping, and his whole style changed. Oh yes, I oh. remember that story. Yes, yeah. yes. It's basically like his whole style changed to become from what from NWA to his solo stuff. No, no, from from um, Lethal Injection to not Lethal Injection, Death Certificate to Lethal Injection, and like Predator. Huh? Oh, Predator. That's what that was the one in between. It was Predator was before yeah. Lethal Injection. Predator had. I think Lethal Injection was before Predator. No, no, no. Lethal Injection yeah, has Lethal like has like, a, like you know how we do it. Like that's the G Funk shit. Oh yeah, no, that's really bad. Yeah, that's that's the thing that has fucking today was a good day. Yeah, but it also has tickety check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right, right. Yeah, he's making game show songs, if y'all get me. Like, these songs can be played at game shows. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> while people are running down for the audience. It was, it was interesting. Ice Cube was kind of interesting, bro. I'll say that much. But that first stuff was fire. There was definitely a period where he was the best MC on the planet. Like, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt yes, I agree. Fire. Hey, you know who You know who was the best MC on the planet? Red Man when he made Money Waters, that motherfucker is snapping. now. Now when he made Money Waters, he snapping. That's when he. That's when he. That's when he fucking. Yeah, he's he's, he did snap. Snapped out. <laughs> he snapped out. He did go crazy. Dude, he lost his mind and made a rapping. record with Eric Sermon. Yo, and that's what. Yeah, that's what he did. That motherfucker. You're saying all the truth. You're saying all the truth. What are you talking about? Yo, he says. He says. Uh, what's the one song on that song? He says, "Case closed." He says, um, "Yo." Amazing Grace, I'm independent with the four pounds. This isn't broke now with dope sounds. Here we go now. Check the motion while I be puffing the potent. Blow spots and open experts. Yo, that that shit 
He's like, plus this thing between my ear, things clear. And only things it fears is the man upstairs. So fuck your bulletproof gear. If I decide to bet, blast your ass, you better believe it's more than a... Uh, more like rough paragraphs out Alcatraz. That motherfucker is crushing that album. Like, Redman lyrically is incredible on Muddy Waters. Fuck how you feel about Eric Sermon. He goes crazy on that album. Top to bottom. Can I ask you guys a Redman related question? Yeah. I always I like to ha- ask people this question: Who do you think? Because because these two artists sort of came into the game the same way as me. They both came through on like another group's posse cut, and like they sort of blew up off of that. So who came harder, Redman on Crossover or Nas at Live at the Barbecue? Wait, and you mean Redman on a Headbanger? Headbanger, I'm sorry, on Headbanger. Nah, but Redman was already established with Headbanger. Nah, nah, that was that was his shit. No, no, wait, wait. I mean, he was on, um... Headbanger's the one that, like, made him, though, like, red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was on... No, he was, what was the other song he did? He was on another EPMD song. He's on K-Solo shit. He's on K-Solo shit. He's on K-Solo shit? shit? Yeah. Early? Yeah. So, okay, okay, but yeah, you're, you're right. So, wait, head, Headbanger is, um, Snot Nose Tissue, right? That video? He's okay. Like, the original P-Funk funk you up, I take a hit from a split, and I get biz with the new cut, because I can jam like Teddy if you let me. A good fellow, but still rugged like Joe Pesci. Okay, okay, I got an answer, I got an answer, I got an answer, I got an answer. So let me tell you this. So Live at the Barbecue, is that where um, the video goes black and white and Nas talks about shooting at nuns? Yeah, waving automatic guns at nuns. Yeah, okay. So I remember being so terrified because they, so, you got to understand, it's third base. I love third base. I remember telling you this, I'm surprised the shit I I love third base. MC Search was a white guy with hair that I wanted to have, and I'm a black Mm -hmm. guy. And you get these designs, and I love, um, I love Pete Nice. You know his style, the cane. I love all that. Mm-hmm. So, so, but they had a certain style and a look to them always, even if they were dissing people. But then, you know, it didn't matter. It was always a little goofy. So they, they're doing the song live at the barbecue, and then so you, and then you know, other people on the of X Doom shout out. So it's a certain move to the joint. But then Nas comes on, and they go immediately black and white. Yeah. And then he sees nuns running. He's hitting these double lines. And I was frazzled. What the fuck is this? Like, you couldn't tell me that I was a teenager. No way. Right. I'm not, not, not as frightening as this guy sounds. He, 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 he sounded like he lived in New York, like inside the walls, mm. like in the subway. He would just emerge. Right. So I think that had a more profound um, effect on me um, in saying, like, I got to figure out who this guy is, even though I was frightened. And then who had the better verse? All right, so here's here's my thing. I think the Nas shit, because everything about Nas has been, he's the first, like, highly mythologized rap person. Yes. Where everyone looked at yeah. him as like, this is this belongs in the Smithsonian. Everything about Illmatic, everything leading up to Illmatic, everything about Illmatic, everything about this man is is art and science, and it should be studied forever. So, like, you know, there's been documentaries and fucking everybody's, okay, cool. Uh, but the Red Man verse is just as fucking insane and wild and saying ridiculous, jaw-dropping threats to people. And he's doing it way more panache and fucking charisma and voice and delivery and energy. Like, like the Nas verse on Barbecue is not much different from every other Nas verse ever made in terms of how he delivers it. It's the same. Okay. He, he, he's just doing him. He's just doing Nas, which is cool. The Red Man shit, when he says, like, he's like, what does he say? He's like, uh, he's like, well, yes, the Red Man is what they call me. Wicked with the style, you think I had cerebral palsy? Like, ah, because I rock. This style's crazy. Lullaby, you stupid ass. Rock a bye, baby. 
yo, he fucking goes. But he had his character was that from the gate. You know what I'm saying? So he had a head up in terms of Right, but I'm just saying that the Nas shit is always mythology and like not you know, listen, not Nas is my fucking champion, but like the Red like you can't just overlook Red Man just because everyone's been telling us for twenty years Nas is a fucking prophet, king, street, messiah, golden temple god, Buddha walking on from Queens. Like Red Man went fucking ape shit on that on that verse and I think the verse is actually so break the tie. I think I think the Red Man verse is better actually. I never um, thought about it. Yeah, I, I think the Red Man verse is better too. And and it's not something I ever really thought of until like last summer and I was listening to it. I was like, holy shit. It goes bomb. Like I always liked the verse, but I never like really thought about how both of their careers were sort of kicked off by yeah. that. I almost look at that verse on the level of Capadonna's Winter Wars verse. Oh. In terms of like stepping on the scene. That's, yeah, that's just big. like announcing that you're big. here. How many bars is Capadonna? Like 80? 80 bars? 80. It's like 80 something bars. It's not enough. It, it can go. It, I would listen to that shit fucking on that beat, him going off. And it's all now, freestyle. Now, here's the thing. I, I thought it was freestyle, but see, I thought it was freestyle, but then watching the Wu documentary, he's like reading off paper, but he has to write on the spot. Like, there's no way he comes in with all that shit. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, nah, but but the way the rhyming words, that's oh, what yeah, it's yeah. freestyle. Any freestyle is he's, he's, He has his bag of words, and he just, you know what right. I'm saying, like, yeah. PLO style got thrown out the, thrown yeah. out the car yeah. and ran over. Bottom at the man G. Like, he just came up with that, and that's yeah. another 10 ball. Divine can't define my style so deep, like pussy. Like, start spelling shit? Come on, man. That shit was insane. Yeah, like, when I watched the Wu Doc and I saw him. Like, oh, let me give y'all a question. Let me give y'all a question. What's more believable as a freestyle? Winter Wars or Dice Raw? The Lesson? Clones, right? The Lesson. The lesson. Yeah, Dice uh, off, off of, uh, yeah, Do You Want More? Um, okay, because you can hear it. You say it. Or you know yeah, dice reputation. Yeah. yeah. You could you could tell by the way it swings that it's a freestyle. Yeah, 16, 16 years old, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I remember I remember the I remember the first you know, the first show I ever did in Philly in my life, Dice Roll was there. It was like two, Was there was or like, he was on the bill? No, he was just in the crowd. And I was on stage nervous as fucking shit. And I look out <laughs> and there's Dice Roll at the bar. And I was like Oh my God, Dice Rolls. And I'm thinking like, oh my God. It. The oh, Roots Affiliate, right? Roots yeah. Affiliate. Oh yeah. And this is this is like post You Got Me Roots when like, oh my God, like they're breaking through. And there's Dice Roll right off South Street. And he's writing for them. He's writing for them already though. Because, you know, I mean, later on he started writing a lot. Oh yeah. He's, yeah. He just stayed in Philly he, and wrote like shit. But yeah, he came, I, I came up to him and I was like, yo, your verse on the lesson is why I'm here today. Which wasn't true. I was just saying that shit to him. <laughs> but I love that verse. I love that verse. Didn't he have that banging animated video? Yeah, him and Malik Black Dog and, Al- and Malik. That album is not the reclaimed yeah. that album. It's kind of a mess. Yeah, I'm arrested. Oh, I, I have that. And he did too. also a joint called Trace Perdun. Trace uh, Trace Perguntas. Uh, we did the album cover. He recorded it with Rick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that was like project a mixtape type of project. project yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. that joint? Yeah, yeah, he's he's I fuck with Dice. And then he did him. he did one joint, something called something about Jim Crow. I think that's actually his best work. He was making what I was call I would call them shits like two dope boys albums, where like these dudes were like yeah they were kind of like bigger than like blogs, but they wanted to be on blogs, but they would make like an album their label would put out, and so they would just give it to two dope boys to post. 
You know I mean? He would do well now in the Al Davino SD no era. No way. Dropping that nah. You don't think so? Well, he, you don't think so? He, but again, like, like you, you said this on the Wu thing, which is short. These motherfuckers are major label rappers, bro. That's all they know. Right. They used to us. You know what I mean? Like, we've, we've never been major label rappers. Like, our. our right. So we get a dad, right? You know I mean? so we, we, we can roll with them punches, yo. Yeah. We can roll with them. You know, what I mean? I'm not used to someone being like, uh, "Yeah, that's, that'll be uh, fucking." Where's my budget? Seventy five thousand for this album? Cool. Where's my budget? <laughs> I can work with that. Yeah, seventy five k. Yeah, we'll make that work. Budget quotes, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. yeah my style is fifteen thousand. Sure. Right, yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to record in um, Omaha. Set me up out there. All right, when's the flight leave? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we're fifteen hour. <laughs> that sounds good. Fucking Electric Lady Studios. Alaska's blessed. You've been on. You've been on both sides, last. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't on that type of label style. I was more <laughs> like, "Oh, you guys have this record? Cool, we'll put it out." There you go. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. yeah. There you go. The second, the second record, they were like, "All right, we're gonna put you up in a studio," but nice. it was only after four years of doing it in our house. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, "Go re-record it in a real studio." Oh, this sounds like dog shit. Like, all right, all right, if you insist, if you insist. Yeah. Oh cool. God. Uh, well, I I think that that uh, that sets us up. I think we got it all done. Yeah, I think we, we're, uh, I'm still we're upset. Minutes we're I'm still upset. I'm still upset about some of this shit. Upset about what? What are you I upset about? Some of these horrendous, that, horrendous talk- opinions and, and disgusting ideas. Yeah, no, your are. own opinions. So you you're, you're making a self reflection right now. Man, no, not, you're projecting. telling people that you are wrong. You've always been wrong. To pimp a butterfly is what you play. Um, while you sleep, so subliminally you can absorb it. So that's what I suggest to you. Oh my god! Put the headphones in. Oh my god! And then listen to it while you're sleeping, so your soul can absorb it. Don't listen with your ears. Listen you with know, your I like soul. How that's the first rap album in the history of rap that you, in order to understand it, where a guy is rapping on a rap beat, I need to listen to it in my <laughs> sleep to subconsciously understand it. Okay, gotcha. No problem. Come on, man. Come to my wavelength, young. All right, man. I, again, I, you know, Electric Circus and La Cueva, I mean, you know. I, no, I mean, excuse you. <laughs> Electric Circus is a quality album. Excuse <laughs> you. Electric oh Circus God. is a quality <laughs> album. He's jerking off excuse the top of Afghan sweater with that fucking. No, no horrible, stop it, yo. Electric Circus is horrible. He has, uh, oh, stop. Stop. What's, what's that feature you got on there? What's the feature you got on there that I love? You know it. What's the, uh, that big group? Not not Florence the Machine. We're What's having the, this conversation. What's the girl? It's oh, and you you better not cut it. I feel it. like Don't I feel like the way you life. the way I am with classic albums. You you're like the mirror image of that with terrible. Oh, record. you're just getting the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> with this guy, you you are the tip of the iceberg. Like, everybody, everybody hates that record. You're like, nah, it's good. He's a contrarian. I root for the the, the um the sidekicks, the lieutenant. Yeah, but, Ca- but Ca- Castro does it as a principal, not because like what he's actually listening to. He's like. This is undervalued. Yes, Look, this is terrible. Therefore, I will ride for it. <laughs> Not true. Not true. There's so much merit. All right. There's a there's a lot in Fife's record. There's a lot in Fife's record to be mine. You know what I'm saying the, okay. the ventilation LP. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Let me tell you, I hate quality to his guts, but the one the liberation record that's the only thing he's on this planet to make. I gotta give him that. Quantum projects, Latirics. Blackalicious's catalog, Dilla. Blackalicious's catalog. Okay. Yeah. I got more. We got we got many more. Wait, I, I like Blaze and Arrow. Yeah, but Dilla hates that. I love Blackalicious. Everything they do. I love Gift of Gab's uh, Fourth Dimensional Pyramid. I have that CD. I'm sure he feels. Wow. I'm good. 
I'm all right with all that. So here's our here's Stop. here's our plugs. We could plug. Um, man, the Wu the Wu Tang Pope CD is fucking zooming out of here, man. I don't know if it's because we did an episode. It's about almost Wu-Tang gone. And the Wu Tang documentary, or we just we finally clicking with people. Seven year anniversary, man. Wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. This fucking CD is out of here. We're shipping them shits to fucking Japan, fucking Germany. I gotta ship something to Delaware. Germany. <laughs> Uh, Hawaii. Hawaii. Somebody bought it in Hawaii. I mean, these shits is flying. And then, but you know, but scrap that, man, because that's just the tip of the iceberg, like you just said. We got hats going to Japan for the '96 mentality. Mentality's out, man. '96 mentality is moving units. I was at the fucking post office today. So if you bought a cassette, cassette shipped today. If you bought a t-shirt or hat, them shits been shipping that already. I just got the CDs finally. Yeah, those hats are dope, man. Thanks, bro. So yeah, the shits are shipping out. CDs go out. CDs will be out tomorrow. Yeah, whenever you hear this, the CDs will. If you order a CD already, it, it will be shipping out to you. I apologize for the delay. I'm not with this new fucking trend of people taking your money and making you wait fucking nine months to send a CD to your door. Fuck that. This is not. That's it's called anticipation. Nah, bro. That's called irresponsible. I'm, I'm taking your fucking money. I don't, I don't respect that. So it took me an extra week to get the CDs, which is embarrassing to me. But if you support me, my goal is always to get out to you quick, though. So. I will be going back to the post office tomorrow, shipping all these fucking orders out. I got them all written down on a, on a yellow post-it note. So you'll get the you'll get the email whenever you hear this and you ordered it. You'll you get an email by now saying it's on its way. And uh, yeah, man, it's fucking. Yeah, I got Wu Pope shipments going out. Oh, but I got another announcement since we're doing this thing. So I had a classic album I dropped in 2014. A lot of my fans, um, this is their favorite album of mine. It's called Fidel. I am pressing that up on Deluxe CD with eight bonus cuts on there. And we're doing it. And we're doing a t shirt. $60, $50? I, was nah, I don't know, man. I'm still making up my mind. I'm thinking more of the $16, $18 range. Okay. But, you know, we'll see. That's we got to gotta slice it up. You know, Quan's, you got to get his cut. You know, he's he designed Maven. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Dr. Quan. Yep. Uh, the medic supply company. Get, get your work with them. So we got we got a lot of stuff bubbling. We got um a shrapnel EP coming soon. Maybe by the time you hear this, I don't know. Um, oh, can I make an announcement? I can do that. Yeah, why not? It's our fucking podcast. All right, fuck it. Um, there's a project. Um, me and my man Prem Rock, fellow record crew member, we are called Shrapnel. We combine our forces and we are dropping an LP on Backwoods Studios early next year. Yep. So you heard it here first or second. Um, we, we got we had our chain ceremony. Woods gave an announcement at the last Woods Quale show that we sold out. Um, so don't miss the next one. And um, so yeah, Shrapnel's coming out. So it's um all produced all all it's fully produced by Lucid, except um, three cuts by Willie Green. So the sound is something unique, um, one of a kind. It's a one of one. And Shrapnel's motto basically is like just when you thought it was safe. You know what I'm saying? So just when you think record crew don't have more for you, bang! Well, I was, I was, that was nervous. Back. You just did that. I was, I was taking. That was a flinch. Yeah. You know what I, that's how I've been practicing that. That's the whole pitch. So if I get a record label, a record executive in the corner, that's bang! You know what I'm saying? So if he doesn't have a heart attack, maybe we'll, you know, we'll get him to album bit. There you go. I, um, I don't really have much to push. I got a bunch of old records, but, um, I actually um, 
have three more songs for our record. So nice. You call out never stop. All out culture. Well, I I kind of just moved one that was on the wrong beat to a new beat, and then I rewrote that to. I wrote to rewrote something else to that, and then repurposed something else to another one. So, but then, ladies uh, and gentlemen, this songs. is Alaska the Cyborg. And um, I think I'm gonna have my first New York show in like seven, eight years Damn. in uh, August. Oh shit! So the nice. homie Darko the Super hit me up and asked me if I wanted to play a show with him. So. Oh shit! Shout to Darko, man. Oh shout, shout out, out shout out Darko the whole Super. I love Hello Store. Shout him out to Rito. Yeah, you have a cold, cold, cold rhymes, and you don't deserve as beautiful art. Cold rhymes podcast. Yeah, fuck with those Good. Thanks for giving our guy a look, y'all. Appreciate it. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, um, I'm thinking about you know see how that goes and maybe start getting myself out there a little bit more because uh, I've been real anti-show for a while. We we know we miss you out there. Well, yeah, I miss uh, being out there. So, yeah, so let's wrap that up here, and um, we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.